Welcome to the Ignite Church Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We pray that this message will bring you hope and ignite your faith. Now lean in and enjoy the message. Relationships are beautiful. And if you have not been here, especially last week, I highly encourage you to go on our YouTube channel, which is Church Ignite Miami. Church Ignite Miami. Look it up on YouTube and subscribe so that you could grab all of the preachings. They're completely free and you could re-listen to them or listen to them for the first time if you missed out. On week number one, we spoke about what is your center. We've been talking about four aspects that are important to a relationship. The first one was having a Christ-centered life so that you could have a Christ-centered relationship, Christ-centered marriage. We spoke about the power of two becoming one in which God is one and your spouse is two. Week number two, we spoke about being on a mission-driven, mission-driven relationships. If your relationship is just uh, to be with someone and and feel happy, you're going to be disappointed because relationships are not always happy. Can I get an amen? There are times that you are sad, depressed, angry, upset, annoyed. But when you have a mission together and your relationship is mission-driven, you are moving towards accomplishing what God has called you both to accomplish. And last week, man, we had Pastor Spencer Graham in the house, and he tore it down. Powerful, powerful. How many were here? How many received from that week? It was a powerful message, and he spoke about opening your mouth. Tell your neighbor, open your mouth. There is power in your words, and we are called to give life through our words into our relationships, into our relationships. But today, I want to dive right into the Word of God, so if you have your Bibles, get ready because God is going to speak to you. I highly encourage those who are in the house and those who are online, just turn off all distraction. If you're online, turn off your notifications for just 30 minutes. I promise you, God has a word for you today that you don't want to miss. I've, I've titled this message, Marriage What? Marriage What? Marriage is something nowadays that is not really taken serious. You see, I mean, people are serious about getting married, but our culture and our society has taught us that it's okay not to marry. My question is, what does God's word say about marriage because that is the true source that we should always rely on so what does God's word say it's funny and amusing I would say um, that when you're dating right opposites attract now how many girls could, could could be like oh my god you know you meet this guy and oh my god I love that too like he loves something and you're like oh my god I love that too I call it dumb love, or forgive my language, stupid love. Because when you're dating someone at first, you're like in that stupid love uh, 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 atmosphere, you know, in that that season. You're like, everything's like, oh, my God, it's so cute. She's so hot. And probably you're like, no, Pastor, I don't do that. But there are certain things that you do when you are dating. Or, Or probably the guy might say, well, she is the right person for me. 
She has everything I look for in a girl. Or, 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 or the guy, or, or he's so cute. I mean, his personality is so refreshing. His personality is like amazing. But even when we're dating, even though opposites attract, sadly, in marriage, opposites attack. And some people are like, oh, yes. Can I get an amen? Okay, a couple of you. Well, well, what do you mean, Pastor Eric? Well, well, for example, what you once loved in that person might not be what you love now when you're married. Right? That refreshing personality, that laid-back personality is become now, oh, that person is just lazy and doesn't want to work. So you're like, ugh, not what I thought while we were dating. So opposites attack. Or, or, or probably the qualities you thought that person had that you so looked for in an individual was just a facade to hook you up. Can I get an amen? Be careful, married couples. Don't say amen. <laughs> just and that personality that you loved is now annoying. It just becomes annoying. But it's the truth. It's the truth. How many married couples could raise their hand and say, yes, it is true. Or am I, am I preaching a lie? It is true. Marriage is not easy, but it's not impossible. And there's always a blessing for everything, right? Some other example, for example, guys, listen. She's a saver. Sorry, she saves, but you waste. And you didn't know that. The girl thought that you were the same. You were a saver. But in reality, you just waste all your money. He is punctual. And let's just say that the girl is flexible. He likes to get there on time or before time. I know people like that. Like if you tell them, hey, we got to be there at 11, they will park their car at 1030 and wait in the car 30 minutes in advance. While there's other people that say, oh, you said 11. I thought you said 1130. Right? Or, or, or probably there might be some other qualities like she is organized, but he's very creative. You know, like the girl is very OCD. She has everything in a certain way, and the guy just takes off his underwear, throws it on the floor, takes off his socks, throws them on the bed, and just continues life as normal. Some people are pointing fingers. I did not ask anybody about these things, just in case. In my case... And my wife is here. In my case, I tend to go with the flow, but my wife has a process for everything. Like, we're going to do it like this, and if something happens in between, ah, I'm more like, whatever, let's just do whatever. How many guys are like that? How many girls are more like the process flow? Okay. So, we start in love, but sadly... Many of us end up in divorce. Why? That big why is the question. Relationships are the most beautiful thing, in my opinion, given unto man by God. Because he himself created a relationship. God the Father created man and woman, and he made a relationship with them. But relationships are the most messy thing in this world. Why? Because it's two people trying to do something in accord when they are completely different individuals. 
One person might like red, the other person might like blue, or that person might go this way, or that person might go the other way. And they're constantly conflicting. But that doesn't mean that relationships are not a powerful thing. In Matthew chapter 19, that's where we're going to go today. Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 to 6. It says, some Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason. They were trying to uh, kind of like uh, accuse Jesus of false doctrine. So they asked him a question that possibly was very famous or in the minds of people back then. Like there it is today among Christians and non-Christians. Is it okay for someone to get a divorce? But listen to what Jesus says. Haven't you read? He, he replied... At the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united, say with me, united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So verse six says, so they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together let no one separate. What God unites, the devil schemes to divide. Always. Why? Because if one thing the devil can't stand is seeing two people united and in love. He wants to see them divided and in hating one another. That is the reason why divorce rate is so high today. Actually, divorce rates have gone even higher because of COVID. Because people were actually stuck in the same house or stuck still in the same house and they have not fixed their relationships. Now, mind you, this could speak not only to married couples. This could speak to siblings. This could speak to parents and their children. It could speak to so many things. God is a God of unity, but Satan is the totally opposite. He wants to separate. He wants to divide because he knows that a kingdom divided among itself it cannot stand marriage is something beautiful and i believe sacred to god but in the society today that we're living marriage is sometimes seen as a contract or a piece of paper so because of that we're living in times where people do not value the sacredness of marriage and that's why there's divorce court. That's why there's divorce attorneys everywhere you turn on the billboards. Get a divorce for X amount of money. Call me. Get rid of him. There's actually divorce parties. Did you know that? I found that out the other day. There are divorce parties. So if you get a divorce, you go out and party. Yikes. I want to share with you quickly three approaches that we see today to marriage. Are you ready? Three approaches. The first one is ca the casual approach. You know, the casual approach, like, oh, marriage is just a piece of paper. Marriage is just a piece of paper. And then you have your contractual approach where marriage is a contract. And last, which I believe is the true one, is the covenant approach. Marriage is a holy covenant established by God. But let's start off with the casual approach. Now, marriage just 
It doesn't matter. It's just a piece of paper. I mean, uh, let's just try it out. Let's see how it goes. And, and, and you know, and if, and if it happens, it happens and we pursue marriage. But, but let's not get married just yet. You know, it's a casual approach that later on bleeds to the sex bed or, or, or to bed to have sex with one another, which is in today's age and time, no big deal. Oh, I meet a girl. We've been hanging out for a while. We, she moves in. We like each other. We have sex. We have our own thing. But we're not tied to each other at all. We're not married, you know, because marriage is just a piece of paper. The 21st century, people might say, but pastor, do you really expect me to get married with that person without first trying it out? How about if we don't have chemistry in bed? Well, that's why you wait to get married, to try it out. Let it be something of a surprise. And I always heard a pastor, uh, one of, a pastor friend of mine say, if it didn't work the first time, just retry. And try and try and try. You never get it wrong. Some of you are not here today. Since marriage doesn't matter, some people just move in, live life. And what happens is they marry in heart, but they're separated as individuals. So what is happening through this? Many say, well, it's convenient. I mean, we could save money. Um, we could test things out. But it's just not for me right now. Listen to this. The Barna research that was done in 2017 out of the people that they did this research, 57% of the people said that they're currently or were previously living with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Now, I, I'm not, you know, I've spoken about this to several people in the past. And some of them might say, Pastor, it's not that we're not committed to one another. It's that we just want to leave our options open. Just want to leave our options open. So my response to these individuals is, well, are you okay with the other person then going to sleep with someone else other than you? Since your options are open, right? The same people, even though they don't want to get married, they end up doing married things. They end up doing married things. They, they go, they, they move in together. They have their stuff in the same house. They sleep in the same bed and, and they fool around, etc. Things that married people do. The problem with this approach, my friend, is even if they ever get married, it might become tough to remain in marriage because many years they played house. Many years they played being married, but when things get real, they say, I went out. I want out. So that is the casual approach, and, and I'm not here to judge anyone. I'm not here to judge anyone. I know people, friends, stuff that they're together with their, their, their significant other and they're not married. That's not why I'm here. I'm here just to examine the word of God and see if there's much more that God has for us or what's his best compared to what society is telling us. I'm not here. I have my own mistakes. Don't take this as a judging, uh, judgmental word. This is to open our eyes to God's truth. Then you have the contractual. And as I was reading this, it's interesting. You have the contractual approach. Where, where, where some marriages, they do it because of a contract. 
And although contracts are good for certain things, what is the basis of a contract? Well, the basis of a contract is mutual distrust. What, Pastor? Yeah, think about it. Why do you need a contract to buy a car? Well, because you need a, uh, if you don't pay your, if you pay your car, it's yours. But the day you stop paying your car, what? It's theirs. Give it back to me. You break the contract. It's a contract to protect you, but more than anything, to protect the other party. And sadly, we're living in times where marriage is sometimes seen as a contractual approach to protect one another. As long as you abide by what I am saying and what we agree, we're good. But the moment you hurt me or the moment I don't feel happy, we're done. The moment you break my rules or I'm not happy, then I'm out. Contracts are made for mutual distrust. When marriage should not be like that. Marriage should be about caring one another and being there for one another. If you fear ever of getting in a relationship that you think is not going to work out with that person, let me just give you some advice today. Don't pursue the relationship. It's better not to get into it and have a heartache or a heartbreak or a lot of other issues. Just step back and wait your turn for the right relationship. But don't treat it as a contract. Don't treat it as a contract. So we come to the last and the part that I want to focus on, the co covenant approach. A covenant is not like casual or contractual approach. It's not based on mutual distrust. It's not temporary and it's not motivated by self-interest. Actually, a covenant is mutual commitment. Look at the person next to you and say, mutual commitment. What did Jesus say about marriage? He replied it in that verse that we said, they are no longer two, but now have become one flesh. Marriage should be about unconditional love. That is why we read our vows to one another. And what do we say? Whether in sickness or in health, richer or poorer, till death do us apart. Now, something interesting I learned as I was putting together this message. In Hebrew, the word covenant is bereave. Sounds like breathe, but it's bereave. B-E-R-I-T-H-E, bereave, which means cutting or shedding of blood. Oh, what in the world? Stay with me. Stay with me. It's going to get very interesting in a minute. When a covenant was done in the Bible, there was always what? Shedding of blood. Always. There was a covenant done with man and God, uh, God and man. God required an offering. There was a covenant done with two people, with two parties. It was always a shedding of blood. They would actually grab a bull and they would cut the bull in half and the party, each party will walk around the bull seven times. And they would say, if we break this covenant, our lives will become just like this bull. Cut in half. Covenants are powerful. But yet they have 
something sacred happening here. In the Old Testament, when a couple was going to get married, the priest would grab the bride's hand and grab the groom's hand, and they will cut a piece of their hand to bleed. He would then grab their hands and put their hands together so that both bloods will be united and become one. The priest will then grab a cloth and bind the hands together of the bridegroom and, and, and uh, of the bride and the groom. And what happened there, they would, re, they would read out their vows to one another before God and man, signifying that two are becoming one. Now, now it gets even more interesting, church, because after they read their vows, listen to this, after they read their vows, they would go into this uh, place called the bridal chamber in which the word is known as hapa. Say it with me, hapa. Say it one more time, hapa. They would go into the hapa, and in the hapa, the virgin groom would enter the virgin bride, and there in the act of love, there was the shedding of blood, which would mean that they were hapa hapa in there, right? They were hapa hapa. They were having fun. In the hapa. The two become one flesh. And listen to this. When they come out of the hapa, the people are waiting for them because that's when the celebration begins. Talk about an awkward wedding. Come on. Give the Lord a hand clap praise this morning. Get excited to be in the house of God. I've been to some awkward weddings, but not yet one with a huppa, okay? <laughs> and I don't want to be part of a huppa wedding. But think about that. The covenant, the sacredness of marriage. Nah, we don't agree with it. So, you know, right now it's just a piece of paper. It's a contract. Let's live with one another. Let's huppa huppa, but not in contraction, not in a covenant. And what happens is, the enemy has distorted the word of God. He has uh, polluted, or, 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 or what's the right word I'm trying to find? He has, uh, um, he has taken God's sacredness and what God has established, and he has turned it upside down for man to approach it with its own desires instead of what God meant for it to be. Every time God establishes something, there is rules. But the rules are not to hurt you. The rules are to protect you and to bless you. Marriage is a beautiful thing. And sadly, many people do not want to talk about this subject within the church or in church circles because they're like, oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. Like right now, I want to run out through those doors because pastor's talking about my life. No, pastor's not talking about your life. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's period. Whether you are here or online, God wants you to live in freedom. And sin is not freedom. Sin holds you down when grace sets you free. For too long, the church has been, shh, shh, don't talk about that. Shh, shh, shh. No, 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 no. No, don't, don't you dare talk about sex at church. When we first started this series, I told my wife I was going to give uh, the couples in the house a, a, a challenge. 
and, and I've forgotten about it. I have not really even done it. But I'll give the challenge today for the couples in the house. Since you like to huppa in the huppa for seven days, huppa with your married wife or married husband. <laughs> that is the challenge. Sex is a beautiful thing, but it must be kept within the confinements of the marriage bed. I've always heard of this uh, uh, analogy. Why do you have a fireplace to keep the fire contained? It's a beautiful thing. You sit there. It warms you. You sit there. You eat s'mores. And, and you're, you're amazed by the fire and the flames. But take one of those little coals or take one of those pieces of firewood and put them on your lap. It's not so pretty. It's not so lovely. And what happens in the world that we're living today, we are throwing fire out of the marriage bed into our lap. And God is saying the reason why you're burning is because you're not putting it where I've intended for it to be. He created sex. And in Hebrew chapter 13, 4, it says marriage should be honored by all. Listen. And the marriage bed kept pure. Once again, I'm not here to judge you. I feel sometimes when I'm preaching this word, people are like, oh, they're judging me. No, that's not why I'm here bringing this word because I serve a God of grace. I serve a God of the second chance. But I also serve the God of freedom. And he wants us to be free. So instead of telling people, no, 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 we need to start telling them, wait, wait, wait. Now, you're probably listening to this and you're saying, Pastor, um, I'm not sure if this applies to me as I've already made too many mistakes or I'm currently making a mistake. Well, I'm a firm believer that those who come to Christ, they're made new in Christ. The former things are gone and you're made new today. You're not only made new in your relationship with God, but you're made new sexually as well. But you need to choose for yourselves. Marriage is a holy covenant, not a perfect relationship. There's a difference. God has called us to live a Christ-centered life so we can lead Christ-centered relationships. Be mission-driven, devil-kicking, and covenant-keeping. But pastor, you just don't know how bad my marriage is. And you know what? You might be right. I, I don't know the things that you're facing in your marriage. But I do know one. His name is Jesus. God Almighty that could turn around anything that you are facing and bring freedom to your life. I saw it with my own eyes. With my mom and my dad. My dad cheated on my mom for many years. And my mom remained faithful. And she did her part. She prayed. She fasted. She loved her children. She didn't give up on her children. Too many moms today have walked out on their children because their husband was unfaithful. Come back home and be the woman and mother that God called you to be. Do not leave your children abandoned. And I know that there's circumstances and situations in life that are harder than the other. And, and people compare each other. But this is not about comparison. This is about choice. God restored my mom and my dad. And if he did it with them, he could do it with you and your relationship. 
Pastor Greg Rochelle says, you might run out of love, but God never runs out of it. Many people, they're living in relationships that they don't love one another. They're just comfortable with one another or they're just used to one another. And God is saying, it's time for you to awaken your love once again. For I did not unite you to become one flesh that is comfortable with one another, but you're called to love one another. He actually said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and love thy neighbor as you love yourself. So church, if you're single today, girls and guys, if she can't love God, she can surely not love you. Or vice versa, guys, (laughs) girls, if he can't love God, then he's not going to love you. Or at least treat you like you're supposed to be treated as a princess of God. As I come to a close today in this message... I want to just share with you a couple things. It's very easy to enter this state of mind that's, you know, like, I just don't feel like it. I've heard so much word. I, I've, I know the truth, but I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like being nice anymore. I, I don't feel like forgiving. I, I honestly don't even feel like working on this relationship. I don't feel like working on my marriage. Let me ask you a question. How many other areas of your life today can you make that excuse? If you're a mom, are you going to say, well, I'm not going to feed my child because I just don't feel like it. If you have a job, oh, I'm not going to work today because I just don't feel like it. Or we all pay taxes, right? Well, I'm not paying my taxes because I just don't feel like it. Well, you don't do that, right? You do it because it is right. Meaning you have a choice. You choose right. You can choose today to lead a Christ-centered life. You can choose today to be mission-driven. You can choose today to be devil-kicking. And you could choose to have a covenant-keeping relationship for those that are planning on getting married in the future start today by leading a christ-centered life start today by seeking god don't seek god when you meet that person because it's not going to work it's not you could do things today that you're single that you will not be able to do tomorrow when you're married it's the truth every season has its benefits And one of the greatest benefits of the single season is that you could seek God and prepare for your next season. We said at week number one, singleness or single is a whole number. So don't feel like you need someone else. You're complete in Christ Jesus. The problem that we have as a society and as humans is that we have a hard time or or understanding or we misunderstand the character of God we think that God is a a relationship with God is like a contract like we think marriage is if well and if, if if I don't hold up the end of my bargain God won't hold up his well I can't approach him because you know I'm just not faithful enough but we forget something God is not the God of contracts. He is the God of covenant.
He's not the God of contracts that mistrusts you or doesn't believe in you. He's a God in covenant, knowing that one day you will fail him. But look at what it says in Hebrew chapter 13. Sorry, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Let's read that one more time. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. I want to close today, and I want to pray. For I believe that God wants to restore relationships. He wants to strengthen marriages. And he wants to prepare those who are single for not the right person because <laughs> there is not the right person but there is the right person for you as you are right for someone else but God wants to prepare you for that and he wants to save you a lot of heartaches would you stand to your feet church as we come to a close if you're here and you have your call if you're in a relationship and you have the person next to you and you go grab their hand I encourage you just to grab their hand as we're going to pray together. If you're single, don't worry. The person will come soon. Don't, don't be afraid. Some people are like, oh, I always have to hear this message and I'm single. Don't worry. God will provide. You don't need someone. You're complete in Christ Jesus. When someone comes aside you, they won't complete you. They'll just compliment you. If you're online and you're watching... And you feel like your marriage is, has no hope, no future. I encourage you, do not give up. Our God can turn what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around. If probably you're living with your boyfriend or girlfriend, start thinking about this word that was shared. God has so much more for you. I always ask myself, well, isn't it easier if you really love that person just to say, I'm going to live with that person. I'm going, to, I'm going to love that person the rest of my life. You're together with that person because supposedly you love them, right? So why not do it the right way? And just say, hey, let's get married. And together, let's fulfill our mission that God has given us as a couple. You would save yourself a lot of heartaches. A lot of kids today in this nation and around the world are orphans because unfortunately people just got together had some fun time and they decided not to hold the baby anymore they couldn't support a family so they gave them up unfortunately a lot of people today around the world kill their babies through abortion you see why god establishes covenant See why God does it? Because there's a blessing in it. Anything outside of it is not God's best for your life. And like I said, I believe that God is a gracious God. If you've made mistakes, welcome to the club. <laughs> if you're making mistakes, today's your day to say, Jesus, help me stop this. And turn around into where you're leading me. And what you've called me to do. 
Would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me? Those of you who are online, if you could do so as well. The Lord our God is here. The Lord is one. And he longs to do great things in your life and in your, not only in your life, but through your life and in your relationships. God, we have been doing a four-week series talking about Christ being the center of our lives, of leading a mission-driven relationship, God, kicking the devil out, Father God, from all the plans that he has, kicking them out and letting your plans be established. And today, God, we talk about marriage and the importance of it being a covenant, not a contract, not a casual thing, but a covenant. Lord, I pray that you would help us turn things around to you, turn them to you, God. If we need to surrender a relationship, if we need to surrender our lives, here we are today. God, there are many people that are hurting in their marriage because there's lack of forgiveness. There's so much pride. I pray work in the hearts of those people. Lord Jesus, minister forgiveness. Lord, move and bring unity to what the devil has caused division to. I pray, Lord, for those who are single today, Jesus, help them not go crazy seeking a relationship that is outside of your will for their lives, but help them wait. Wait on you, Lord, for you will provide and you will make a way. For those who are planning on getting married, God, I pray that you would help them stay pure for the marriage bed is a pure bed. If they've made mistakes, forgive them, Lord, and help them, Lord, turn away from their the sins, Father God, and turn to you. I pray, Jesus, that we will be a pure church, pure of hearts, for your word says that the pure of hearts shall see the Lord. Forgive us of our sins, God. Forgive us of our failures, of our mistakes, those that we committed and those that we might be committing today. Help us end with it, God, so that we can live pleasing you. God, I pray right now for anyone who is listening to me. If you're listening to me and you want to commit your life to Jesus, whether you are here or online, if you would like to give your heart to Jesus Christ, the Bible says that all you need to do is be open to receive the gift of salvation. If you believe in your heart that Jesus died for you and you confess it with your mouth, you are saved. If that's you today, don't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow is not assured. Today is a day of salvation. Don't trust in what man has told you. Trust in what God has done for you when he gave his son Jesus to die for your sins. There's nothing you could do to be saved other than to believe in Christ Jesus. It's not by works or merits. It's through faith in the Son of God. If that's you today, would you say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Lord, I believe that you died for me on a cross and you rose from the grave. So I give you my heart today. As you give me your salvation, I receive it by faith. We thank you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. At Ignite, we counted a blessing to engage each week with supporters just like you. If you were blessed by today's word, subscribe to our podcast and share it with someone you know. We believe in spreading the message of Jesus like a wildfire. 
Thank you for your support. And be sure to check us out on any of our social media platforms at Church Ignite. Until next time, be blessed and remember the best is yet to come.